Good evening and welcome to our greatest conversation yet. It's been kind of a dry news week, so we're going to talk indie movies. Or are we? Help us find the lost signals for Moxen Free, summon some powerful mechs in Mechabellum, and try not to lose your cool with your new therapist, Dr. Albert Kruger. All this and some bad jokes on episode 168 of Indie Game Riot. <laughs> We are back with episode 168, where I've got it wrong in the uh, original <laughs> cold open, which you didn't hear in the edited version. Uh, so if you want to hear stupid things like that, you should show up at the live version on twitch.com slash, no, twitch.tv slash Josh and yeah, we suck at this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I one thing I want to say since the last episode is actually... Uh, I just want to give a big thanks since that was our last episode since, or our first episode since, uh, having a, a big long pause in the show, uh, and it's it was really nice to see. I had I had uh, a bunch of people actually sh uh, send me messages saying that they're really happy for us to be back. Uh, I don't think I even told you guys about this, but they're really happy for us to be back. Um, new people also messaged us, uh, even. Uh, or message me, I should say, saying that uh, they really enjoyed the show. Good job, and uh, so I'm hoping that you know we'll keep seeing them in chat and and, and on the uh, comments and everything like that. So thank you guys for uh, sending love. We're always open to uh, getting any kind of messages or uh, any kind of communication from you guys on like Twitter. Although I don't think you can DM anymore unless you pay uh, or follow or <laughs> mutually follow. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Uh, but of course, you know, there's like, uh, you can always contact us on uh, email, contact at indiegameriot.net and, uh, and other places like that too, of course, in the comments and, and here on Twitch. So thank you guys for that. Um, how's, how's your week's been? We don't have, uh, I, l later on during indie news, it's not even going to be news, um, as, uh, as Rev said in the cold open, but uh, it's been a slow news week, so we can uh, kind of chill a little bit. If it's a little... Yeah. yeah. No, my uh, my week has been uh, fine. I resent existence, and uh, Not life is for life. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you said we're, no. I resent, we're all like yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, uh, work's been great, and uh, this weekend was as always not long enough. Um, I had some some stuff come up uh, on the the personal side of things, so uh, I didn't get a chance to do my normal uh, Saturday morning prep for for the show. So I did it late last night. Um, but uh, no, all, all in all, things are things are good. Uh, I got great weather. I think I slept through another earthquake, maybe. Um, oh, ooh. California! <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I did, uh, I, I had an absolutely delicious, like, uh, I have had, so, are you familiar with lobster rolls? Yes. Yeah? Okay. That's from my side so, of the country. I can imagine what one might be. 
Uh, it's a roll with lobster in it. <laughs> usually, it's, usually it's served pretty cold. much on the tin. Usually served cold. Yeah. though. that's what that's what throws me off. I'm used to warm lobster, you know. So it's like it makes me think it's maybe like a sushi roll with it, lobster. Uh, that, no, no, no. It's it, it more more think like a more more think like a uh, a, a hoagie roll with oh, uh, chunks of chunks of lobster. Yeah. And some I think a lot of times it has like mayo and maybe a little bit of uh, some. I don't know if it's like parsley or something something kind of green on there right uh, okay. it's i've had uh, like maybe color blind so i'll take your word okay well <laughs> i've forget. had like 20 i've had like 20 and they've all been garbage yeah. um like the the rolls too hard or it's like almost stale and like it's like this massive roll but there's only like this much filling in it and uh my uh my, my partner was like hey we got to go up to we got to go up to the pier in uh in huntington beach there's a new restaurant up there and i was like okay what are we gonna get and they're famous for their lobster rolls I was like, fuck, this is going to be horrible. So we went out and uh, it was amazing. It was ridiculously delicious. I have never had a lobster roll that made me go, oh, this is a thing that is worth eating until that day. And uh, that was was my weekend. What was the place called again? (laughs) I don't remember. I'll have to look it up and get it to you. It was like something something oyster co. You hear that? Go to uh, something something oyster co. dot com. <laughs> I mean, we have to buy the domain now. No, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that was that was my weekend. I had some good food. I had to deal with some personal stuff, and uh, work was work. Got some big projects that are in the works there, and uh, excited to be here again. Yeah. Like. like Get into the swing of things. Set the habit again. Uh, Vance, you speaking of like random food? Since you're since you're all the way over in South Korea, uh, do you do you pretty much only eat South Korean cuisine, or do you have like Americanisms oh, no, we, that you bring over? Oh no, I mean we eat everything. There's a subway down the street, sandwich subway sandwiches. There's a burrito place uh, up at the mall that we. Uh, get uh, burritos from burritos and tacos um this mcdonald's over here there's burger king further down i mean there's fried chicken place i mean yeah there's everything those places though like even like subway even in like when it's not like super different culture wise like in in uh england from what i understand is like corn is put on like all of their sandwiches <laughs> it's like a big thing and it's always different, even though it's Subway. So well, uh, Subway's about the same. Um, Subway is about the same. McDonald's is exactly the same, except there are a few different menu items. There's like, yeah, you probably I don't think you have the Shanghai chicken sandwich over there. Um, you definitely don't have bulgogi burgers. But besides just like a couple of different uh, menu items, everything else exactly the same, tastes exactly the same. But what is very different is pizza. Really? Pizza, oh yeah, pizza is terrible in Korea. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's like like when like an alien comes down and tries to like sift through the the remnants of the burnt earth. After we've all dead and killed ourselves, you know, they're like, uh, I think this is what it was like. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is pretty much like I, some Korean a long time ago saw a picture of a pizza and uh, 
Greater <laughs> 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 draw. <laughs> Like those YouTube videos, like draw Pokemon from memory without looking, <laughs> but with a pizza. <laughs> yeah, the, the the corn thing where you remi- reminded me of the pizza because all the pizzas have corn on them. Weird. And the the tomato sauce is sweet, and uh, yeah, it's just um, it's just no good. It's just no good at any <laughs> in any way. Uh, corn on pizza. I mean, I could see that maybe in certain pizzas. Maybe I don't know. Like I, when you go to like pizza, I'm I, don't know guys, I don't know if you guys go to like pizza buffets. You know, like there's like CC's or around here it's Infinitos, but you know they're like the really shitty cheap ass pizzas because you're at a buffet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've been to those in the states. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's always they always have like weird flavored pizzas because they have to have a variety. So I guess maybe something like that could kind of work. If you figure it out, yeah, no, I expand your mind. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I imagine that corn isn't one hundred, one hundred percent bad all the time on pizza. It's just Korean pizzas bad. (laughs) It's not not good. But I mean, sometimes I eat it because it's like the only pizza that is here. Maybe that's that's what you should do on the side of your uh, uh, game dev company you should uh set up an american pizza shop and maybe it'll like blow everyone else out of the water you're that or they'll think you're weird <laughs> you'll just well, no no that. koreans don't like american style pizza yeah. that's why they eat korean style pizza if, when koreans eat pizza that is the what we are used to in the u.s they say it's too salty I can't. No, that to be sense. fair, like, like I, <laughs> yeah. I've had to cut, I've had to cut a lot of pizza out of my diet. Uh, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> I understand that it is, uh, you know, it's a little, it's a little salty. But yeah, Koreans um, do not handle um, salt very well. Instead, they just put sugar in everything. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, Western food, like any Italian food, for whatever reason, Italian food, spaghetti pizza whatever they think it should be sweet i don't, I don't know what, what's going on okay. I, know, I know people that do that to like cut the acidity of like tomato sauce and things like that mm. so maybe something to do with that but like uh so how's your week been have you been uh speaking of like game dev company you working on that or is it kind of uh yeah no yep yeah, and uh well we're gonna be exhibiting at uh, adventure x coming up here in november yeah. so uh been working on that game and uh getting that uh finished to the to the best of my ability i'll be contacting you at some point to do some uh, voice recording nice. for your character nice and uh but yeah gonna be uh doing that in november so i've uh, been working hard on doing that other than that uh ben played a show on saturday feel saturday free to nice. feel free to i know you got a uh is it Bandcamp or soundcloud it's one of those uh i think it was Bandcamp i listened on Yes. You can, you can uh, yeah, link it in chat as well. Yeah, we do have some stuff on uh, SoundCloud as well. I think what we have on SoundCloud are actually full show recordings, recordings of entire shows. And oh, nice. I think what we have on Bandcamp is uh, just uh, the songs from our first EP. All right. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I, I listened to a couple on there because I don't remember. I didn't think I ever had. Because I knew. I knew before you had mentioned that you were in a band, but I never actually got a chance to listen. I was like, "Oh," and Vantier uh, is a lead singer, so uh, he's got he's got some pipes on him. I was surprised, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you know, surprised. I didn't know you were the lead singer, and then until I read that, 
I was like, damn, man. He's got, he can belt it. Um, all right, well, I think. Yeah, we, uh, the last, oh, sorry. No, 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 go uh, ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, this, uh, this um, past Adventure Jam that uh, just passed, I made a game in two weeks that is about my band, a fictionalized version of my band. So if you, oh, that's if you sweet. Play my game that I made for that adventure jam. Did you put your music in? Band. It? And we we wrote a whole new song during the two weeks for the for that game, and it uh, all the my band's characters are voiced by them as well, oh. as well as some actual real like good voice actors as uh, the other characters in the game. That's like uh, <laughs> that's like um... <laughs> some good voice actors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's like, uh, like no offense, you guys. We we'll, we'll sing together, but like you guys can't act for shit. <laughs> no, that's like that's like back in the back in like the '60s, '70s when they did those like crossovers of like the monkeys and things like that. And mm, you kind of see that yeah. in like cartoons and all that. It's kind of the same thing. I like that. I like that uh, little little style there. Um, but speaking of bands. Yeah. I, I'm like going. I don't know. Your arm? Well, I mean, I was like the one that. I was trying to bring connection. I was trying to like say that bands like do drugs, rock bands. I don't. Oh, okay. As we know, like as we know, Vance is currently Vance is currently just tweaking on meth right now as we speak. Um, <laughs> anyway, point I'm getting at is it's time for any news injection. Signs of the news. Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why then give yourself an indie news injection? Thanks, indie games. This week on Indie News Injection, we have no news. It's been a very slow news week. Uh, so what we opted to do is actually have just an interesting, fun discussion uh, revolving around indie games. And I think what we're going to talk about this week, as I pull up uh, the things I need to pull up here because I'm good at this, uh, is just uh, with, with, with the FNAF movie coming out, Iron Lung movie with uh, David Zemanski, who made the game, and then Markiplier, uh, I guess, producing and doing everything else with the movie um, coming out. I just thought it'd be interesting to, first of all, feel free to give your thoughts on those two and how you think they're going to go, uh, or if you have any interest in them at all. Uh, but also, what you think might make a good movie out of all the indie games that you, uh, you've played. Uh, Vance, why don't you, why don't you start? Yeah, so to tell you the truth, I don't know very much about those movies. I didn't know that they were coming out until you brought it up, um, <laughs> and so I I just don't don't follow anything going on in the world anymore. I have my head down all the time, <laughs> um, just doing my own things. Um, so I, so you said, oh, these games are being made in the movies. I saw that in the. A surprise. Yeah, about that. I could see you missing Iron Lung just because that's more of a an indie movie since it's just like a small thing. But I'm surprised about FNAF because that's like a big production. Uh, it has I think the lead is uh, <clears throat> Josh Hutcherson, if you remember him from mm -hmm. like Hunger Games and other things that he yeah. kind of fell out <laughs> fell out from. Um, man, he was in some. Well, I'll like... tell you that I I cannot name a single movie that is in theaters right now. I just, I don't know what's going on <laughs> with movies. <Fair. laughs> I to can't name even Fair. one. To Kill a Mockingbird is great. See, 
to kill I'm, a mockingbird. I'm, 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 really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 would, I would be surprised if they what year is it? kill a mockingbird. I mean, they would remake things, old movies all the time. I was like, all right. <laughs> Jumanji Who knows? It might be true. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, but, um, but out of the games that you... Sorry, but, but out of the, just to finish with Vance, out of the games that you've played, what what would you think would make would translate well to the screen? Well, a lot, pretty much, I would say almost any um, narrative based game, which is uh, includes adventure games, which is uh, you know what I play a lot of and uh, and make. I mean. So uh, the Blackwell series uh, by Dave Gilbert, mm. um, Unavowed, which is in the same universe as the Blackwell series with different characters, also by Dave Gilbert. Um, <laughs> but I mean, uh, I mean anything. I mean the the Space Quest games, the old Space Quest games. Um, they could make movies out of those. I mean any game, any game that has that is well made and has a plot. I mean, there are games that try to have plots but fail at it, but, and, but I mean, n actual narrative games that um, the reason that you play them is mainly to experience living through the story. I mean, pretty much any game with, could, with, could make a movie. With adventure uh, my games. games. Right? I mean, my, my games yeah. could... But with with adventure games, there's a little bit of danger there, I think, because one one with with games that are heavily narrative, they they tend to work well, like uh, you know, in, in TV series, where it can be spread mm. out over multiple multiple hours, such as like mm. The Last of Us, for instance. Um, sure. But in movies, I'm always afraid that they're going to have to condense it down too much, where it just oh, gets yeah. watered down. Well, it's down like a book. Well, it's, yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, they make movies out of books. Books are. 600 pages long i mean it depends on the book but yeah uh, how long is a book on average i don't know 400 to 600 pages something like that yeah you can make you can make good obviously i mean you can make good movies out of books as we've seen it but but it's dangerous because it's it's either someone really took the time and care to to do it justice or hollywood did it, it's hollywood thing and was like squeeze it for money made the doom movie yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i well you know what's weird about yeah. that i actually kind of liked it it's and not it, a like it's a terrible movie and it's a terrible doom movie but like it it, it had a passion to it, it. not even that it was just like it was so dumb that i turned my brain off i was like yeah he did the first person shooter thing in the in the one scene. Uh, yeah. 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 I thought it was cool. Uh what are you, Rev? Do you uh have any games that come to mind or So I, here here's the thing when it comes to game indie games being made into movies. The best indie game has our indie game movie has already been made. Like like you will never find a better adaptation was it the indie, a... indie game the movie no it was not that's a documentary <laughs> i classify those separately um uva bull the 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 german guy uh the german director uh made the movie postal and that oh. movie so perfectly <laughs> captured everything about the game series by running with scissors 
Like, like it is the best video game adaptation that exists. Like, like bar none, I have watched every single every single game movie that I have ever found or heard of, and none of them hold a candle for being like true to the source material while also being a well done movie while also like like adding their own context to things right like it will be so hard to top that the only movie the only game that i can think of that might be like that that i would like to see get a movie treatment uh off the top of my head is uh firewatch uh, I don't know if you remember that yeah, one. Yeah, it was yeah. one that was oh, yeah. a lot of people. A lot of people gave it a lot of shit because oh, it's just a walking simulator. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but you're also trying to find the mystery, find out what the mystery is, and all that. Um, I think that one could be done really, really well, especially in the hands of like like a, a, an indie a, an indie director. As as you Ian know. in chat said, uh, you bowl. <laughs> He's the one to bring back. Uvable. Uvable. Um, you pronounce it? I've always said you. Yeah, it's. I'm an idiot. I guess. W is pronounced is pronounced as V. You know what? He can make a good movie, and then I'll call him the, the proper way. Go watch Postal. No. Not with your kids. I'm warning you. In actually, advance. actually, I also kind of like Street Fighter. And uh, did he do Mortal Kombat? That wasn't him, was it? No, that was no. not. That was not him. But uh, when it comes to like, when it comes to like current current games, like I I know FNAF exists, Five Nights at Freddy's exists. Um, I have off and on kind of followed some of the lore and all of that. Um, it's not a game for me. Uh, you know, we've talked about this before. I don't really do horror suspense, and if oh. there is tension, I need uh, <laughs> I, I need not a lot of it. You know, it's got to be kind of a slow burn. Um, and, and FNAF does not do slow burn. It's all jump scare uh. and and constant constant anxiety inducing intention <laughs> tensions. So, uh, like, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they pull this off. I'm I'm anticipating it being something along the lines of like the Purge Seven or whatever they're up to now. Um, but with the FNAF universe. I'm really excited that the opportunity came for it. Like, you know, like, like that's gotta be such a, a, an amazing uh, feeling for, for the dev. Um, Scott that, Gotham. That, like, that man, I have mixed feelings about that guy. <laughs> well, but I mean, r regardless, like, like that's still like, think about, think, like, like if we made, if we made an indie game, Riot video game and, you know, picked up a cult following and then it, uh, it, it got optioned for, you know, a, a movie or a TV series, um, you know, that would, that would be cool, right? Like, like just the feeling that that happened happens has to be like such a such a cool feather in the ego um so like props to him but like yeah, i think i think firewatch would be a, a great movie to adapt that's a good um, one, i gotta you know, i gotta and, say you were speaking of uh you were speaking of uh like slow burn uh, mm -hmm. thriller mystery horror that sort of stuff and you know we're not in that segment yet but what we're going to talk about during starting the riot oxen free too and that in the first game as well that's <laughs> that's your kind of that's your kind of shtick though when it comes to that that's you're talking about that slow burn 
Uh, exactly. And, and I think that would make actually uh, a very good movie and or TV series, honestly. Uh, yeah. And, and again, we'll go into it more, but I mean, it's already got like the ARG elements to it where it kind of brings it, you know, multimedia and brings it into real life. Vance, have you ever thought about like ARG or anything like that? Like kind of mixing in with your games? You know, I, I have not, um, not experienced much of it. Um, if you know some good, um, experiences that I should check out, then you should, uh, you should let me know because yeah. I have not, uh, not really delved very deep into that. Two off the bat if, would be oxen. I free. love bees. Yeah, two off the bat would be oxen free. The second one, and and I wish the show was still going when this game had released because it's an excellent game. Is uh, and now I'm drawing a blank. Um, the card game. The card game. Ah, hold on. Let me look. Poker. No. <laughs> yeah. Poker. Yeah, that's what he's like. Poker. The movie. Inscription. <laughs> Inscription, thank you, thank you, thank you. I just messed up the cameras again. But yeah, Inscription has a really good ARG uh, experience with it. It has like, and if you don't feel like like diving deep into it, you know, you can go on like Game Theory, Matt Pat uh, on YouTube, and he has like, uh, yeah, thank you, Ian. He has a, um, like a whole video dedicated to, to <laughs> I just saw your cat and it freaked me out. Yeah, my, my cat has decided <laughs> that now is a really good just, time to run around like a coked up maniac. I just saw <laughs> this black furry creature just just leap at your face. I was like, oh my god, it's happening. I don't know what it is, but it's happening. Um, but yeah, uh, Inscription had a really good ARG with it. So if you don't feel like trying to figure it out yourself, uh, which obviously is part of the fun, but I know it, it takes a lot of effort and time to figure some of them out. Just go check it out on, on like YouTube or something. And it's just it's super interesting. And, I, and I've always wanted to, you know, I'm not really a game dev. I, I did a game jam with, with Ian, actually, once, as you know, Vance. Um, and that's as far as that, that went. But, like, other creative endeavors, I've thought about trying to mix in some kind of ARG just because it's so uh, engaging. It's so just, mm -hmm. it, it really captures your attention. Uh, and just the mystery behind it, too. I just, I don't know, it just really, really tickles my fancy, honestly. Um, if you ever want to see like what a massive budget ARG like hands down it's the best ARG in existence uh, go read up on Bungie's I Love Bees I Love Bees the, the guys that, yeah the guys that did Halo go go check go go read up on I Love Bees that was that was peak like <clears throat> oh so good I have to, I'm gonna have to look that up like I, I've, I'm a, I have a weak spot for these things, so that's. Um, and, and there's a lot of hard, other hard games. It's like it really lends itself well to hard games, um, but but those are two of some of the best ARGs I think, and and anything like with that multimedia presence, I think would make a good movie as well. Mm -hmm. And hell, you can wrap the movie. And not only is it good marketing and you know promotion material for the movie and the game, but like it's it's just uh, you can use the movie itself as part of the ARG if you you could slip some things yeah. in there you never know it's just mm -hmm. so interesting um yeah what was that MMO there was an MMO that was uh supposed to be like an ARG uh the, the secret world oh yeah 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 I am yeah. not a huge fan of MMOs but I did kind of like that I played it a little bit just to check it out because 
it had some of those aspects to it. I don't know how deep the ARG went. It was more of like a, yeah, it was like an Illuminati mixed with uh, cryptozoology. Wasn't that Lovecraft? Wasn't that a Lovecraft thing? I think, did you say Lovecraft? I don't think so. I actually didn't play it. I had a friend who was into it. I I don't think it was Lovecraft. There was some Lovecraftian cosmic horror inspiration, but it wasn't like a oh, okay. Lovecraft-based specific. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Uh, I, it was more like it was more like secret society, just mixed with some like monsters. I don't know. There are TV shows kind of similar to it that, uh, um, like Fringe or what was that Warehouse Thirty Seven, something like that. Things. Anyway, point is, uh, I think I think there should be more indie games, uh, and to 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 spread the news. <laughs> yes. <laughs> more indie games that should be turned into movies and to spread that news I think we should start a riot this week on starting the riot we are talking about Oxen Free 2 I believe we actually covered Oxen Free 1 uh, let me get this video yep. started I believe we covered Oxen Free 1 way back when and they finally came out with uh, with the sequel to uh, the much, uh, I can't think of words because I, between segments, I totally just shot myself in the foot and uh, now my brain's frazzled. The point is, I like Oxen Free. <laughs> and we were talking about Oxen Free was a great game. Yeah, we were talking about the AR, the ARG in the, uh, the previous game. I don't know of an ARG yet for Oxen Free 2, but I would guess that there is one because why not? If you already did it in the first one and did it well, I might add. Like, one of the coolest things is that there was an actual uh, phone line that you could call into and and it was like one of those like random number stations i think and then there was like you call into like a radio station and that sort of stuff it was really cool those of you who don't know what oxen free is uh it's uh, about these um i guess it's 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 very based around paranormal plot but these like time loops and these like spatial openings around this particular island off of i think what is it oregon or something like that uh, edwards island yeah, yeah edwards island is what it was called and uh, and they use these radio signals to kind of open these portals up and they go back in time and they can, I don't know, it's just, it's really a giant mind fuck, to be perfectly honest with you, and it's great. <laughs> uh, and, and it continues on in Oxenfree 2, except that this time it's not just Edward, Ed, Edwards Island, which, by the way, since the happenings of the first game, uh, the news is kind of like spread that it's a thing, right? Edwards Island has weird stuff going on. People are aware of it. They kind of believe it. They're not sure exactly as there's like discussions in this game about like, oh, is it ghosts? Is it like aliens? Like, is it just, are people just full of shit and it's just kind of a weird storm? Who knows? Um, but the news has spread and now these weird uh, paranormal situations are happening off are on the uh, mainland, basically, on the this like coastal... I guess park slash town uh, that yeah. they're in, and the main character you Kamina. play. Yeah, the main character that you play um, is uh, this girl. I should say woman um, who is, I guess, an intern uh, or or an employee of some sort that's supposed to help the uh, I don't know park ranger. <laughs> I don't really know the actual like job <laughs> titles of these people. To be perfectly honest with you. Um, but to set up these these poles to kind of uh, survey uh, weather and, and different things going on in the area. Uh, but of course, 
because radio and these like different signals happen to mess with these portals and these time loops and all that sort of stuff, it gets weird real fast. Um, <laughs> I also really like the aesthetic of this game. It's kind of like that. Uh, it's got this yeah. really moody kind of how like if you remember Alan Wake. If anyone's played that, Alan Wake has this really moody, like uh, Stephen King esque, atmospheric, coastal, small town vibe, but it's all shadowy and yeah, foggy and atmospheric, um, and very cerebral uh, the whole time. It's not really scary. I mentioned this to you, Rev, that you would like. It's not really scary. It's just kind of tense and and psychological, but no like huge jump scares. Um, just creepy in general. My, my my partner and I played the first one uh, yeah. way back when we when we first covered uh, this and uh, yeah no it's uh, we found out that this went live uh, a couple of weeks ago like before before we even were talking about covering it here um, uh, we found out that that the sequel had been released and it was like oh no so like we literally just bought it this past weekend and have yet to have the opportunity to, to jump into it. Um, just work and life and all that fun jazz. But um, no, I'm, I'm actually really excited for this one. Find out what the, what the continuing mystery is uh, and, and what's going on. I love like the, the weird thing to me is I've had dreams and, mm-hmm. and it's what like really creeps me out about the games. I've had dreams where it's like, not necessarily time loops, but where like things repeat or weird shit starts happening and you're the only one that knows about it because like everyone else is like involved. So in this case, like the time loops, the, uh, um, you know, the main character loops back to the beginning of the game uh, after the first, you know, the, your introduction to the game basically. And like, everyone's like, what, what do you, it's like repeating them, but they're all, she's like, wait a minute, hold on. We already did this. And they're like, what are you talking about? it's like, it's like being gaslit by the universe, you know? (laughs) <laughs> which if you ever been gaslit it's awful it makes you question yourself so much um so that's what really gets the tension out of me um one thing I, I should mention that this is currently on uh steam for 19.99 which is an excellent price uh we always talk about price points and 19.99 is uh it's not like a particularly short game either you know it's i'm surprised it's actually that yeah. cheap um, but they've since the first game have been picked up by Netflix as a publisher uh, because Netflix um, has been delving into um, dabbling dabbling and they've actually been pushing kind of hard recently with uh, mobile gaming uh, and having that on their app where you can do, if you're a subscriber to Netflix you have access to a bunch of these games uh, like Devolver especially has um, like a partnership with them so there's a lot of Devolver digital games on there but uh, Night School Studio, the developers of this game, I, I guess, have been picked up as Netflix by a publisher. And, of course, if you're a Netflix uh, subscriber, you can play this on your phone. Um, I don't believe they have access to, like, the desktop version. I would always recommend that anyway, just to get the full experience. I don't really like uh, playing these kinds of games on mobile anyway, to be honest. But if that's the only option you have, there you go. Um, what Do you do you think that, that hurts their indie cred, by the way? Like... Being, being published by Netflix by <laughs> one of the most wealthy corporations. No, no, I don't think it does. <clears throat> I don't think it does because, and, and here's why. Um, Netflix didn't make the game, right? Like, like we know, we know, like, like any any developer that's out there uh, that um, 
is is looking to succeed uh, financially uh, will take any opportunity that is presented, right? right? Like, obviously, you do your vetting and make sure your ethics align and all of that. Um, but, I mean, look at look at some of the other games that we've had that have been published. Like, like we covered, uh, what was it, Shovel Knight, right? Mm. Like, like, completely indie game, uh, published by Nintendo, you know? Uh, it, it's not you know nintendo picked them up after the game was basically done Mm. um and 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 there's there's plenty of examples of that and and while i i say that like yes you couldn't you, you you could release this without a publisher um you know many many amazing games have been released without a publisher but at the same time uh, why not take advantage of that? Why not? Why not take advantage of that increased uh, marketing or the the increased uh, uh, market share from having you know the backing of of, of a <laughs> of a wealthy man? You Vance, know, it's a, a, go ahead. I was gonna say, Vance, if you if Netflix approached you and was like, we want to publish uh, Sir Teufel's Tale series. Uh, and they they start throwing money at you to get things done for your next game. How would you go about spending said money as as an indie dev? <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting question. Um, so A mountain yeah, was... of cocaine first <laughs> <laughs> priorities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That that's an interesting question to answer. It'd be a nice problem to have to. Because there are lots of ways. I mean, the, I guess the first thing I would do is I would hire some more people to help me. So, like, hiring some more staff would be, like, the number one thing. So that I'm not uh, working myself to death doing everything. Um, so, so programmers first? Because I remember, I remember years ago when you were you know, still, like, I think first or second game, um, you were mentioning how art... And of course, art being one of the most expensive, not the most expensive thing uh, yeah. in game dev, you, you wouldn't go with art first over. Well, well, no, no. Here's a. So this is something that um, that I was thinking about while I was thinking about how to answer the question, and I did think about art. So I think number one is just hiring more staff. Um, well, I mean, one big thing is uh, marketing staff, mm. unless. You know, Netflix is going to do the marketing, and then that would be great. Then I wouldn't have to hire marketing staff. But I mean, marketing <laughs> staff for one thing, um, just you know, like a team of writers um, instead of just uh, John Fox going through and making the stuff that I write better. <laughs> um, <laughs> like. You know, like actual, like an actual team of people working on the game. That would be like number one priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, number the net, the other priority is, um, it would be the graphics. Like, if I had enough money, then I just have all of the graphics that I've been using completely redone from scratch up to modern standards because they're certainly not at the moment. Like Unreal Five Yeah, yeah, they'd be like you know nice like actual nice looking 
yeah, modern it's, looking graphics. It's interesting you know? though because like I when I think of survival style, uh, you know, having played through the games, it's like I kind of, in a good way, correlate the games to the art that you use, and there's right. like a certain character and charm that that brings yeah. to that identity. So yeah, it's like I wouldn't want yeah. I wouldn't me personally in a selfish way I wouldn't want uh, like a super like triple A polished look to it. I, mm, you know you could upgrade yeah. the graphics but keep it in that that uh, kind of that that Guy-wise. charming way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean it's it's like like think about think about the game that you're 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 watching on screen right now. You know, if they change the art style to you know something more in line with like. A, a modern Mario or, or a Kirby game or something like that. It would completely change the vibe in its entirety. And and, and I do think, yeah, like Josh said, you know, what, what, what you have helps build what you're going for, you know? Um, not saying, like, don't pursue that. Like, if Netflix comes knocking at your door, don't be all like, oh, no, sorry. I like being but, like, poor. <laughs> but, but like yeah. le- le- legit like like one of the especially within uh within indie games i feel the uh the the art style and the graphics really uh help define what the game is mm-hmm. um you know and it, and sometimes like for me it's always been a, a an interesting like kind of chicken or egg kind of scenario like like which came first did you have the idea and then find an art style and a a graphic style to to suit the idea and the theming or do you you know see catch you catch a, a a piece of graffiti as you're on the subway or whatever and you go oh that would like, like inspires you thematically and then you try and match to the graphics that you have in your mind um yeah no i it, it's you know if they don't if oxen free were to change i don't think it would be oxen free yeah. there's such there's such an important thing about about identity with any game i think uh, yeah, I mean, even think about and these guys. Think these about guys Minecraft. Have such a great one. Think about yeah, Minecraft right? when you're talking about like money all of a sudden appearing. And obviously, Minecraft made a shit ton of money before <laughs> Microsoft. But like, you know, it started off as you know the voxel, like pretty, you know, very low poly, and it's still voxel low poly. But it's definitely you can tell there are enhancements. It's still a really nice game to look at, and they did that in a way to keep their character. And I think if Vance were to like do that with Sir Tyvel's Tale, you could see. You know, with you know, I I don't want to. Call, it's not jank, but like there's like you know what I mean. There's just a certain yeah, no, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. You, yeah. you could say jank. I don't I don't consider uh, jank to be a an insult. Honestly, no. I mean it is it is a little janky, right? And that is in a, in a charming way. No, you're you're right. I don't yeah. think that's the correct word. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, uh, Ian again in chat. I bring him up a lot because he's he's involved with games too um he loves like the he calls it um what are you like ukrainian or eastern european jank uh, in a lot of those games that come out of there they just tend to be janky but it's like in a fun way uh in a fun and charming way so it's kind of oh, like the witcher <laughs> well that's that's a little different but i mean that's like that's like eastern european on on steroids i guess uh but uh coming back to oxen free 2 uh you know the charm is obviously not just you know they have a a 
an aesthetic and an identity with their ARGs. And, and but the art style, like you mentioned, like having it's it's 3D, but with you know but layered with 2D uh, models and everything like that, which is really interesting because I was I was going through the game, I I started to wonder about that because there's obviously there's distance that needs to be involved in. I don't know if Vance, you could have any expertise in this or not, but there's like there's distance involved with the game, but weirdly the characters as as they go deeper into the background, they don't seem to get smaller and yet there's still like it doesn't it's not like it's out of proportion. They're not like bigger than the trees all of a sudden, you know. Like I wonder how they how they achieve that. Magic. I don't know. I'd have to. <laughs> I'd have to go and uh, let me uh, find an example of that that's playing on the I got, video here. Yeah, I was gonna say. I got. It's. I mean, it's hard to see in this video. Um, I don't know if I can bring it up. Excuse the uh, the scrolling here. Maybe when they're going down a path. Let's try this. Um, but as you know, as they go down the paths, you can see. You know, they're gonna come around and and wrap around. Hopefully to the right, unless it's to the left. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there we go to the right. I don't know which way is right. <laughs> uh, but they're wrapping around and they're coming to the foreground, and it's not again. They're not. They're not getting larger. It's the same size model, but it's not screwing with the proportions. I just it's it's just really interesting how they how they're able to do that. I don't. Um, if I anyone, think they are getting larger. Uh, but uh, what is happening in that particular shot? is that the camera is moving back at the same time okay. that they're moving forward. And so they're not getting larger because the camera is staying the Spectre. same distance away from them. Okay. So yeah. it's more like, it's more that the, <clears throat> the background art is actually, or, or, you know, the camera's moving back or the background art is moving right. back. Either way, same, same uh, result. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. And it's very subtle too, which mm -hmm. is, I don't know, they just do a really good job of presenting the game. Um, I'm I'm so excited to dive into this one, guys. I, like I so thoroughly enjoyed the first one. Uh, I can't wait to bundle up on the couch with my with my oh, partner. And, it and is a good go fall this one. fall time bundle up game. You're right. It's very cozy. <laughs> if only we had a storm happening out here. <laughs> Rain in California. In California, what? <laughs> uh, just a few other things about the game too. If you're into those games that likes uh, choice-driven narrative, this is absolutely that. You can, uh, yeah. based on the choices you make, you could potentially save or not save everyone. Um, there's a mystery that involves a cult that you're going to have to go through. Excuse the sirens uh, that are about to happen here, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, just definitely my shtick, and I think even if you're not into horror like rev it's still you know he enjoyed the first one obviously so i think you would enjoy that too and definitely if you're into narrative and uh even in, in vance as well uh i think this would be mm -hmm. up your alley uh, as well you guys have any other questions about this game before we move on oh it looks good yeah all right well pretty so that said uh i think it's time for a little bit tiny bit of a peep show of a peep show hide them nips oh. And this week on Peep Show, we are covering a game called Mechabellum. It is uh, a, a little bit of a game about a 
Robot Mech Riot, if you would. <laughs> There's a tie. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, this uh, this looks like quite an interesting game, and uh, actually up my alley of what I have been playing recently. So these sort of auto battler games have uh, piqued my interest the last few years or so. Although I have not played one like this. Um, I I got into the the storybook brawl and uh, tried the Hearthstone Battlegrounds, which is not as good as Storybook Brawl was, but Storybook Brawl went out of business uh, because they were bought out by a shady company. But um, these those auto battlers are actually quite fun. And this is uh, the same sort of thing. You uh, start with, uh, you basically pick from the cards that are available and then those cards become 3d uh, characters that you place on the battlefield i have not played it yet although i do intend to i was gonna say but, what uh, what about it i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna interrupt real quick josh our video's not playing over twitch so oh son of a uh, that's fine <laughs> there you go okay <laughs> i forgot to hit play okay. like i said i'm good at this <laughs> Uh, well, I was going to say, what, what exactly interested you? Because you mentioned, like, this game out of all three games is, like, what's interested yeah. you the most. And I, you've been playing Auto Battlers, but what yeah. about it specifically has piqued your interest, you know, when it well, comes to the other one? I mean, it scratches a, a number of, uh, of interests. In, it inches. It's. It. It's. Trists. Interests. Interest. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, get it eventually. There you go. Yeah. 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 Well, I said scratches, itches, and then I said interest. Anyway, um, <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, number one, I'm I'm a huge science fiction fan. So uh, the science fiction aspect of this, the uh, the setting, uh, I'm a really big fan of. And like I said, I have been uh, looking around ever since uh, Storybook Brawl went under for another really good uh, auto battler. And uh, Hearthstone Battlegrounds is not it. Um, <laughs> I haven't and, played Hearthstone uh, a long time, man. That's uh, <laughs> Blizzard. Blizzard, figure your shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but this um, and but one of the things about like uh, Storybook Brawl and Hearthstone is I don't care about the setting of those games. But I mean, this game is actually a setting that I that I could care about. Uh, building robots in a science fiction world is much, much more up uh, my alley than uh, the fantasy storybook character thing was. And so, um, and the fact that the idea of building mechs fits in so well with the, uh, the auto battler concept of, uh, you know, upgrading your mechs with uh, different technology as the game goes on, um, so earning credits and spending those to uh, try to, you know, buy um, the upgrades you can and the different mechs you can from the shop as time goes on. And then uh, also the strategy aspect of, you know, placing them correctly on the battlefield is something mm -hmm. that I'm really interested in. Yeah, because I love games. I, I I also am a big fan of games like 
uh, go, Baduk, um, the you know the black stones on the board where oh, oh, I, okay. I love yeah I love playing games about like positioning thing positioning against you like other, the you like the chess like strategy right yeah exactly so this looks like it has the strategy in the gameplay portion as well as the the macro strategy um in the uh card selection and I, um i think there's portion. like a like an economic like a like an economy in the game that kind mm -hmm. of that kind of i guess rest, not restrains but it kind of holds back not not holds back i'm trying to think of words but it basically keeps under control the card portion of the game so you there's a challenge like you said not only to have the strategy for each battle, but a strategy to have an army that you can use in these battles yeah. in a correct way, uh, and while still kind of progressing your power. Because I right. and talking about that stress, that stress, or stress, that chess strategy is what I'm getting at. There's like this, uh, you know, paper, rock, scissors uh, kind of uh, system where certain robots are better against others, and you know all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff, right? So. Yeah, and uh, I'm hoping, I, like I said, I have not played it yet, but I'm I'm hoping that if it is uh, really well designed, um, that it will have like other uh, auto battlers, um, basically some pieces that are synergistic with each other, so that you can try to build out a lot of synergy in your army in different ways, like. Um, a really good auto battler has parts, pieces, cards that are synergistic with other cards, but also might be synergistic with this other card in a different way. And so there's a really deep strategy to, you know, choosing that sort of stuff in auto battlers. And then when it comes, uh, and that's, um, and then, but most auto battlers that I have played anyway, um, there's very little, like, placement strategy storybook brawl had more than battlegrounds had but this looks like it has a really deep um battle yeah. battleground placement um strategy flanking that's like, to think about and yeah positioning exactly, against yeah. the the weak kind so, of enemies and that sort of stuff and how to protect yeah. crowd control yeah. and all of that yeah. is very I, yeah i honestly think i might just buy this as soon as we're done with this podcast and, buy uh, it now <laughs> use use the indie yeah. game riot humble bundle link i didn't even mention that yeah, I'm let's gonna, plug I'm that go. real quick because that gives us yeah. uh, that gives us so, a little uh, kickback. If, if, you if I don't talk it. for the rest of the podcast, it's good <laughs> Play because I'm playing Mechabellum. Yeah, <laughs> and it, did, no, I'm, there's like a big sorry, there, but there's like a big uh, robot push now. Not not in just games either. It's like in in Netflix uh, TV shows and things like that where there's like this Voltron or Kaiju and you know this kind of just big giant robot. Mm -hmm. Uh, thing now why wh where do you think that's coming from like like the space uh like we're going to Mars robots are cool that's all it boils yeah. down like, robots robots cool. have been a thing for a while i i don't i mean it 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 goes up and down as time goes on i think it was a big thing many years ago as well i recall that being a fairly big thing big giant mech robots and maybe uh, the waned a little bit, came back, but uh, yeah, that, that's been a thing on and off yeah, yeah. for quite, yeah. Quite what were you saying, Ron? Well, I was saying, like, like, 
one of the one of the things that I do like is uh, mechanically about Mechavellum um, is uh, at the beginning of your match, right? Like this is a PvP game. Um, let, let, let's put that out there real quick because um, I know some people aren't really big into PvP. There is uh, some AI bots that you can play against to, to you know, get a feel for the game and the mechanics. Uh, but when it starts, you are presented with four cards that are randomly selected. Um, and your opponent also gets four cards. And your four cards are not necessarily the same. Like, pure chance, it could be, but generally speaking, it's not going to be. Um, and you make your deployments. you got your hero unit and whatnot. You make your deployments. Uh, the auto battle goes through, uh, and that you move to the next round, and you're presented with another four cards, and those cards are the same. You're in your opponents uh, for each uh, each round after. Um, so, so there's a there's an element of of RNG from the from the beginning uh, with it. Screwed by it. Well, you kind of could. I mean, snowballing is always a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that that's always a. A big, a big part to anything that, that that's RNG. You know, if I if I get the near insta win, um, you've got less credits in round two, so yeah. you may not be able to select a card that will give you a a, a potential win condition for your current status. Mm -hmm. um, and I've and I've seen some some people have talked about that in in reviews and online. Um, that they, could be they, like they a... have said that they're. Yeah, that balancing. A balancing. Yeah. No, absolutely. And like all of this, be, because this is Peep Show, it is early access. I did want to say the one thing that does concern me, and this is just more because I have an addictive personality, um, the 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 current price is is fifteen bucks, right, on on Steam or through the uh, the the bundle, I believe. You you said we have a bundle link for this? No, no. Well, it's humble bundle. It's not the bundle. It's like oh, they have gotcha. their own storefront. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um. So so it's currently like fifteen bucks, but uh, it's their their plan is to go free to play, uh, when they exit early access after roughly a year, give or take. And um, I'm always concerned. Uh, like like I'm reading their description on it and uh if you do buy it now you will get a uh a, a bonus uh pack that will be a, a bundle of rewards they call it uh that won't be available to purchase in game um and uh you know to me i like love love supporting devs i'm i'm gonna buy this myself just so that i don't have to get sucked into microtransactions <laughs> but that is that is one of my big concerns is you know how how the monetization of it once it goes free to play will uh play out that that is one thing i was kind of thinking about as i was thinking about this game and covering it it's just really well put together um and, yeah. and a lot of fun uh, so i'm hoping because you're right, it is always a concern when there's microtransactions involved. So I'm hoping that it doesn't turn into some shady shit, uh, like off, like they often do because of greed or whatever. And I understand you got to support your company and make money for your families, yep. but like at hundred percent, you don't have to ruin people's lives to, like in some mobile games. <laughs> uh, so coming I, I from that guy I that still say... plays that 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 Star Trek game 
<laughs> right? Oh my god, yeah. We'll not even get into that one. I, that one's ridiculous. Um, but I, I will say, like, if, if they do, if they do their monetization uh, ethically and and right, in my opinion, uh, this is this is going to be an amazing game, and it's going to go far. Like, I I love what I see in it. Um, I, I'm I'm loving the the like just everything about it really uh is, is just fantastic i'm just i've got that tiny little doubt in the back of my mind you know the little monkey on the shoulder going like how's the monetization going to work how, how um, do you how ideally do you what I, I would like to see really? huh go ahead and finish what i was, I was gonna go ahead and oh I was, I was gonna say ideally what i would like to see is something like uh you can buy like packs of cards rather than um you know well, that's kind of uh, like hearthstone style right research. Yeah. Uh, a little bit, but like uh, less, Hearthstone, less you, yeah. Let, let, let's go a little bit less predatory. Um, but but like it, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea, you know. It's like oh, you know, like five bucks gets you a, a pack of uh, of twenty cards, right? And and whatever, right? I, I don't know the exact well, numbers. In auto battlers, but... you tend to not buy cards. Because you draft the cards every game, so you don't buy packs of cards for auto battlers. Auto battlers generally, what they pay for is, um, in the ones that I've played, they charge for things like uh, every game in the world now has like a battle pass, so mm. you can earn yeah. more rewards. So there's that that you can buy. Um, there are generally like, uh, if you pay. Um, a certain amount then you get more options at the start of the game so more uh so like someone who doesn't pay can only choose between these cards but someone who does pay has like twice as many to choose from and so has a better chance of getting the better hero that they like but you can't in an auto battler you can't own the cards because you have to draft them every single game so they're not going to yeah. be selling packs. So, as okay, as a dev, how do you feel about how how do you feel about uh, microtransactions like that? Do you think Ooh, that they boy, should? We're going. We're lighting a fire. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> do you think that this kind of game w should be charging like thirty bucks flat fee, and then you have the game, uh, or or do you think that okay. the whole battle yeah. pass? Yeah. Well, that, I mean that is an interesting discussion because in an ideal world. Uh, we would go back to the days of, uh, you know, Meridian 59 and uh, EverQuest and uh, all of those uh, that just charged you money every month. You That's a subscription. You pay this mm -hmm. and you play the game for a month. That's a nice, fair um, transaction that goes on and they don't ever push you to pay any more money than what you agreed to pay per month. Ideally, that's what every game would be. The problem is that basically... We live in a society. Yeah. <laughs> we, we live in a world now in which a lot of gamers have decided that um, paying for things, paying for games, is uh, not what they want to do. And so you... <laughs> so in order to... Yeah get people to play your game, you have to offer it for free, and then you have to be like, hey, how about you uh, you pay just a little bit, a little bit, look how much you, a little bit, 
Oh, okay, good, good, good. Okay, now that you've done that, how about... I, how about I take like, the firstborn child? You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I mean, they have, you, so they have to like coax, coax you in, like. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I, I think I, one of the one of the best microtransactions uh, I have what an ever encountered. <laughs> one of the best microtransactions I've ever encountered is uh, it was on a, a little mobile game. Uh, I think we might have discussed it. I, I don't know if we covered it, but a, a buddy of mine actually was involved in the development of it called Bitcoin Billionaire. We did do that. Um, we did. And uh, it's, it's, it's a free to play game. It's a it's a cookie clicker, you know, idle clicker kind of game. Um, and they did have microtransactions in it but if you bought literally everything in the game and it was like oh you know double output or whatever kind of scenario um if you bought literally everything in the game it capped out at 30 dollars hmm. um and because they had they had estimated uh that you know like that is you know what if they were selling it as a full game as its own they would prop in order for it to make economic sense it would come out to be about 30 dollars, give or take um and so in order to build that audience coming in and get people's eyes on it they went free to play and then you could buy your microtransactions once you spent that 30 dollars, there was nothing else to buy in the game that to me is like the perfect ideal for a microtransaction that is pretty kind cool. of uh, base game that way you kids know, like, can't bankrupt it, their parents <laughs> it, it, that too yeah, yeah no it, it really is and it doesn't it doesn't have you it doesn't have you chasing that uh that that dopamine no. hit when it, you know the gotcha well, kind of stuff. there's an issue with that as well and yeah. I'm I'm not going to be the person who's going to be arguing in favor of microtransactions or anything <laughs> like that. But let let me. Uh, it's a little bit more. Devil's advocate a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more complicated though. Um, so I mean, the game you're talking about, presumably they just made the game, and then they offered yeah. the game, and then you can buy pieces of it, and the game basically never changes, right? Yeah. So the the game is what it is, and uh, you pay your thirty dollars, and you have that forever because nothing is else is ever added to the game. So there's nothing else to to buy. But it, let's take a game like an auto battler or like Magic the Gathering. Uh, obviously, the big one that had microtransactions before microtransactions were a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, right? Is like the. You have and and you know in, and like even EverQuest, right? Why did you pay every month to play EverQuest instead of paying once? Because it was constantly updating. Because there was a team yeah. of people who were constantly working on it, and those people needed to feed their families. And so, you, the people who were playing the game needed to continually pay instead of paying once. And that was fine, right? I, I we I don't think anybody here has any problem with the EverQuest model. Um, the yeah. issue now is just that they still need people to constantly be paying instead of paying once if they're constantly updating the game. And yet we are, you know, the society now has this mindset of, well, if I have to pay for something, I'm not going to get it. So if if they do the ethical model, that what we agree is the ethical model, their game will fail. 
And so now you you have well, this big point. problem, right? <laughs> I think that really comes yeah. down to the game itself, though, because we're talking like we're comparing like maybe a little bit apples to oranges to bananas here, because uh, where where Bitcoin Billionaire was a small mobile game, it can stick mm-hmm. at that $30 because most people pay like a dollar for a mobile game if they're going to pay anything, right? Up to maybe like five bucks, yeah. depending on the game. And like you said, <laughs> they're not updating it anymore so that $30 makes sense and then it's done. Whereas something like uh, like WoW or, or an MMO like you're talking about is constantly being updated and therefore a monthly subscription, as much as I hate them, I actually do hate them, but it does make sense, uh, as you were saying, because they're constantly working on it and therefore have to constantly pay these people. That makes sense. But a game like Machabellum, where it is a set game that will have periodic updates... I mean that's basically instead of microtransactions, uh, you know you could p- play it. You could pay a flat fee, say thirty bucks for the base game, and then like like uh, a lot of you know AAA games now where they just do expansions from there or DLC. Um, in mm-hmm. which case, you yeah. know, because then it's just it's like, you know, you're not you're not right. sapping people who you know the you whales buy the map, as they call you- them. You you buy the map pack and and whatever additional content comes with that, you know the go go back to the the old school. No, that's a that's a that's an interesting that that that's a that's a point I hadn't considered. Um, and and definitely appreciate Bruno. Uh, one of these days we're gonna have to do a a, a, a rousing debate. I think on. <laughs> uh, microtransactions and and the economy of game dev um you know because i'm i'm approaching (laughs) right i mean how many times we discuss like what is an indie game (laughs) yeah well i mean like i'm I'm just thinking back like uh somebody somebody released on steam just recently and 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 i don't i'm not saying this to like draw attention for or against uh but somebody released a game on steam not too long ago that is literally called pay to win Mm -hmm. um and uh, it, it's like if you want to buy a helmet for your character, you got to shell out sixty-five dollars, and if you want to have a gun, you got to shell out twenty-five dollars. You know, like like I, I think they released it as a a critique on the yeah. on the idea. And all the money is fake in that game too. You don't you don't pay real money to play pay to win the yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that did not come across to me. I was oh. told that it was real money, and I was like, "Shit, I am not dropping thousands of dollars on the." Um, in that case, I may go check it out then. Um, yeah, I think it's just a <laughs> beyond spoof. just reviews. But uh, but but yeah, no. I, I if like everything that everything about Machiavellum is is like you said, right up my alley. You know. Um, you know, I'm 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 really excited to for for this one. I'm just my my one concern is is how does it to me it re- how is how is their monetization after it comes out of root? I think it just Excuse for me, me personally, yeah. what gets yeah, me I guess is we'll that, have to wait and see. But, yeah. It's like that that like when I was younger, I would play like army men, and then I would just set them up against each other and just like go at it. Yeah. That's kind of what it reminds me of. Because I played other games that are kind of like this. Like there's like a Civil War game where I guess you could call it RTS, but I would say Auto Battler because you set them up and then they just go at each other. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, before we move on, just want to say uh, you can find, I'm on the wrong picture here, you can find Mechabellum uh, on Steam or, again, we have a Humble Bundle like partnership link. Um, so if you want to help out uh, not only the devs but Indie Game Riot, you can use those links to uh, to purchase. We get a kickback. Currently $14.99 in early access. Keep that in mind uh, if you have any complaints about balance or any kind of glitches or anything like that. Published and it's there. playable on Steam Deck if you have one of those. That's probably a good Steam Deck game, to be honest with you. Um, developed by Game River, published by Paradox. Paradox Arc, technically. Um, anything last words, Vance? Uh, no, I think we about covered it, but uh, I'm serious. I'm probably going to pick this up as soon as this podcast's over and give it a shot. Hell yeah. <laughs> Supporting devs <laughs> with their own money. Um, all right, well, that said, I think it is time to move on to Free Fun. And this week on Free Fun, uh, we've got a therapy session with Dr. Albert Kruger. Uh, this game is uh, bothersome to me. Um, here, it, I, I specifically asked that I could cover this one because, like, this this is really well done, right? Like, as as you can see. Um, you know, it, it, it's definitely in that kind of like pixel art style. Uh, there is an underlying mystery here I have not fully figured out yet. I've only uh, played through once and I've got one of three endings and it was, I was explicitly told it was the bad ending. Um, <laughs> So not not quite sure uh, what I can do to to change that, but uh, basically you're the you're you're the the character in the lower left, um, and uh, you're going in, uh, Taylor, and uh, you're in a therapy session with uh, Doctor Kruger, and shit gets weird. Like like this this game made me feel so uncomfortable at like a cellular level. Right, like, like first off, it's asking me to do math, and with my dyscalculia, that's uh, that that was that was difficult. Thankfully, I've got a, a mobile calculator with me, so I was able to get those mostly correct. But um, like, like, there's stuff happening in the background. There's stuff happening. Like, like you're you're hearing screams on occasion. Uh, but it's a it's a really solid like like experience to it i i do need to find out what the 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 good and middle ending is i guess i don't know what they're going to be called um I, I i died in at the end of the the first one to feed dr kruger's children in this district it, it's weird um but yeah it, it's a nice and simple relatively straightforward kind of uh kind of like puzzle game with a, a bit of an overarching narrative and uh I think I, I think you could get through like the first ending is is like 25 30 minutes uh it took me 45 because you know trying to translate numbers and stuff um but uh yeah no very very well done very very quick and and fun little experience um and uh i want to know more tell me more of what the story is it's all driven by this conversation between the therapist and and uh and miss taylor lee and so what, uh, what about what about it specifically made your skin crawl like what what was it i'm kind of interested to, to delve a little bit into the the psychological aspect for you 
So, uh, A, I have an aversion to therapy anyways. Uh, I'm a white guy that was born in the 80s. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we were we were all raised on the, on the like, therapy is bad and blah, 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 whatever. Um, but uh, to me, there's, like, I've, I've been in these kind of interviews before. I was in foster care, which had mandated uh, therapy and, and assessments and stuff like that and and so i've been in the 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 kind of assessment where it's like oh we're gonna we're gonna test your ability to do this and how do you feel on that kind of thing uh but while that is happening which is already an extremely stressful feeling uh you have screams happening in the background there's glitches that happen in in the game um or is it that huh or is yeah it right like that's that that that's the thing is it is it in the game or is it not like i don't i don't fucking know um you know and and, and you know mr dr albert kruger he didn't go to medical school to be called mr um <laughs> dr <laughs> dr kruger you know he comes across as this like like and kind of caring individual as as a therapist should but there's also like this subtle bit of menace to it and once things start going really weird uh like like once when once the glitches or once the actual reality or whatever is happening uh starts coming through more um it gets it gets a little bit excuse me it gets a little bit rough for me emotionally uh just because it's like uh yeah I, the the best way to see it is like everybody's familiar with like the rorschach test right yeah yeah, yeah. so so there is a a part where they uh they they run you uh, dr kruger runs you through a rorschach test and it's after things have kind of started glitching and like maybe somebody got killed off screen you don't know but there's a there, there's the ball and cups game and uh <laughs> that they they use an eyeball for that and like Taylor, uh, they they actually call it out, and they're like, "That's not a ball," and he's just like, "Oh no, it totally is." Moving on, you know, and, and it's I just think like about it, to do it, it on it, screen now, actually. Oh yeah, no, yeah. that's a good good call. Um, but they it it it, it 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 like just starts building this tension as to like what is happening, bursting through into what we're experiencing and like i appreciate it like like they the the developers of this game have done such a good job of like like slowly building that kind of ethereal paranormal or alien or whatever tension like like as you've seen it, it you started off and it was just like oh everything's okay you know like it, just doing simple math questions and there's nothing untowards but here we get an eyeball for the ball after somebody yeah he's about to go off screen and, and kill somebody i guess or rip their eye out or whatever and uh 
and it just starts getting weirder and weirder. And then you get to like the Rorschach test and he's like, oh, click on what you see here. And you're like, oh, that looks like a butterfly or whatever. You get like six or nine options and uh, and you go to like click it. And the, the first one is, oh, that was really good. Now, how about this one? And it the, the images start getting more and more twisted and dark. And, and, and I'm not reading into it as though it's a Rorschach. Like this is clearly what they were going for. Um, but then your selections also start changing. So you like go hover to click on butterfly as the option and it changes to murder, you know, and, and it's just it, it very slow burn kind of likes build that. Yep. But like with the, the therapy aspect and the conversational nature and the way that it builds towards that, it's just like, oh, my God, I was sitting on my couch and was just so anxious. It was driving me insane. You know what I think really works with this kind of game Uh when it comes to like these like uh obviously psychological horror but like like specifically taking place in a psychological institution of some sort is that patients you know within these psychological institutions are very vulnerable so when you yeah. put yourself in their shoes playing a game or in a movie or anything like that like think of a clockwork orange you know <laughs> um, for instance, you know, you got these these people who are taking advantage of that situation. They start, and I mentioned gaslighting earlier, how that is like actually when it actually happens to you is awful. Um, mm -hmm. Gaslighting is like a huge thing when when people in these situations do that, um, because like because you're in a psychological institution, there's this stigma that you are crazy, right? So therefore are not tr you're, you're not credible you're not trustworthy of the things that you say so no matter what they can do pretty much anything and be like oh no they're crazy don't listen to them and then you are just stuck and i think that's where a lot of that comes from is that mm -hmm. that you start to feel that vulnerability and that you are helpless in the situation because if you fight back then you know you're the one that's crazy you're a psycho you know yeah. anything like that I'm I'm also wondering, and and this this thought just occurred to me because uh, for for anybody that hasn't followed along with us in the past, I am I am monochromatically colorblind. Um, I, everything is black, whites, and shades of gray. Um, but uh, I saw a comment about this that um, it, it had a, an interesting color scheme. So uh, I was using my uh, my my color picking app on my phone. To, uh, to try and identify what the colors were in, in various parts and, and figure it out. And um, I'm wondering if there is a, uh, a, a gender identity meta-narrative uh, that may, may be applying to this as well. Through, and, um, through and the this color is scheme? Or through the through, color scheme? I, 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 I'm, 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 like I said, I, I could be completely reading into this, but, but yes, it, it does. Um, the, the, the color scheme seems to align based on color picker with um, the, uh, the, uh, the trans flag, um, the, the trans pride flag, and uh, I, I'm wondering if that may part of the overarching meta narrative on it i don't know yet like i said i've only got i've only gotten one of the endings and i'm interested to see whether my 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 hypothesis is is correct play it again, play it again and and if you if you're able to anyway and and see if you're correct <laughs> or or even reach out to the devs i mean so the the colors for those who aren't 
seeing seeing the video and just listening uh the colors in this game are like a lot of cool blues and then and then reds and pinks uh and i and the blues and pinks specifically i think is what you're getting at with the trans flag um you know, I know your color. So I don't know how much that means to you, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's like really the main, the main color scheme in this game. So it's, I wonder if that's on purpose or not. That's, that's a good, good. Yeah, thing. no. And, and we were talking earlier about how, how your art style can inform the character of the game. And, and that goes to, to color theory as well, you know, like this has and they give they, they, they give, you know, a warning where it's like, look, there's there's jump scares, there's loud noises, there's disturbing and flashing images, implied violence, um, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, and, and so it, they, there's definitely a internal narrative that is being told mm -hmm. but i'm wondering if they're utilizing a meta narrative through the art design um the main character uh taylor lee uh you know has the pronouns of they them um and, and like this is called out in 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 the game so hey, I, I, well, I was just ahead. wondering i Vance, didn't get any of that from it yeah i was i was gonna say i didn't get that from it um when I played, I got the exact same ending you did, so <laughs> it's, it's interesting. And, and now I wonder: it's like maybe that's maybe that's part of them fucking with us. Maybe there is only one ending, and it's always <laughs> the bad ending, and they're just telling us that. It, I don't know. That occurs to me. You hear that, kids? The ending is always bad, no matter what. <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah, it occurs to me. Like, but I mean, that's something that I would do in a game. Like tell the people Troll. you got one out of three endings, <laughs> and it's the bad ending. And I, I mean, I would do that, but I don't know if anybody else would. <laughs> how do, how yeah. how do you do with with like the because how Rev was saying it makes him like really uncomfortable to play that. Do you? I was. I mean, I was fine. It it reminded me of things like the Doki Doki Literature mm. Club. Like there's this a really big thing. sense of unease in that game. Yeah, yeah where basically it starts out really normal enough um yeah. and uh kind of becomes um absurd and uh what is what's the word i'm looking for yeah as as time goes on and like rev said uh he explained it very well so it reminds me of things like that and and I've played other things like that. In fact, I would consider that to be almost a subgenre of game. The <laughs> start out normal and uh, become uh, progressively weirder and yes. weirder. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I mean, I know there were games that were going to the absurd, but I feel like you go into them usually already knowing that they're going to be absurd. Like the, uh, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Indigo. Uh, I can't think of like David Lynch games, for instance, uh, or is that the right person? I, David Lynch is the director. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. But you know, like, what am I thinking of? In Fahrenheit, what the hell, you know, the games I'm thinking of everyone. Yeah. Read my mind. Yeah. Just point is telepathetically <laughs> <laughs> point is that, uh, I think you, you mentioned Doki Doki literature club, because I was trying to think if there were games before that, Indigo Prophecy, thank you, and David Cage, not, yeah, so David Cage is who I'm thinking of. Um, 
<laughs> said the don't guy. read that one <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think if there were games before Doki Doki Literature Club that were like that that started off as, as a normal game what's that uh, f- uh, the frog man I keep thinking of games and I, this is my old you know we're all old people now like memories going away um, not but, enough but you, you mentioned there being like a, yeah really you mentioned there being like a subgenre of these games. And it's kind of like these these games that that explode in popularity and then they create this like big uh, their own subgenre of games. Because ever since Doki Doki Literature Club, you see these kinds of games. Because I think this one came out in twenty twenty actually. Um, and then there were there was this other game that where there were these like again it was like visual novel style with some narrative choice that you could go through there but there were these like little vegetables that would talk to you but they were like actually spirits of like dead children or some shit like that oh and, you're talking uh undertale no not undertale but that no. was a little weird too that you could even maybe put that in there um but it, the point is is that it's just it, it's interesting how these games spawn out of out of like that one mm-hmm. big hit um, and you get all kinds of you know really good games like this one. It's a free game, but it's it's very well done, uh, all the way down to like shovelware. <laughs> and then there's fan made <laughs> games too, which you know it could be a hit or miss as well. But um, any last thoughts on uh, Doctor Albert Kruger therapy with? Uh, I would I recommend it. Give it a give it a run through. Tell me tell me what your emotional reaction to this game is and if you think i'm just some kind of uh pansy for <laughs> being like oh no this is driving me nuts uh-huh. um, I'm, interested... <laughs> I'm, interested... <laughs> I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts on it I, like i said it's it, it's well done it, it it's a nice fun little uh bite of experience and as far as i know i've only gotten one third of the way through so and that said yeah. rev rev needs to get changed that there. long yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna leave it there, and uh, thank you all again for for joining us. I just want to reiterate that uh, we do have ways that you can contact us. Being uh, once I find my notes here, just to make sure I hit it on everything. Uh, you can go to email. Our email is contact at anygameriot.net. We're on Twitter at anygameriot. Um, you can also find us on Discord follow us on twitch subscribe on youtube and spotify and all those other platforms that we are going to put the edited version of this video out on um and of course you can always join the live version every tuesday 9 p.m eastern time that is like the new york uh time zone for uh for reference because i never know i know there's est and edt i don't i would never know which one we're in i always just say est because people know what i'm talking about any either way um, and I mentioned earlier, and I didn't mention this last time, um, you know, you, there are ways to support us, like subscribing on Twitch um, and uh, some other. Oh, we have like a Patreon that uh, we're not really pushing, but it is there. But we have a, a humble reference or a humble partner link. So when you, I usually put the links in uh, the descriptions of the podcast video on YouTube and things like that. You click on those links to buy the games. That does give us some kickback. And I was always appreciated because you're supporting the devs as well as Indie Game Riot. Um, that, that, that is Rev. <laughs> that is Vance. Follow them both on Twitter. Uh, I am Josh, aka Josh and Yell. You can follow me on Twitter as well. And uh, thank you once again, everyone. Any last words about the show, gentlemen? 
gotta have a last word. We can't end the show without a last word. We did last that last word. Last word. <laughs>